0: Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry, industry for the greater good. I am Sean Arid. Yes, we've, we've been... Thank you, Sam. We're into the podcast for three seconds, and I've screwed up. This is episode... I'm reading from a script, too, which is really sad. Yeah. This is episode five, and today we're talking about Untouchable. So, uh, joining me today is Chad. Canada sure looks a lot like Southern California, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> Cornelius, baseball bat to the face, Logan. Oh,
1: actually, Why is this so to, violent? And a little more to the back of the head. More the back of the head. The uh, of the head. Yeah. yeah
0: I'll, okay, I'll, fine. Yeah. Baseball bat to the back of the head, Logan. There you go. And Sam, don't bring a knife to a gunfight vector. <laughs> okay. All right, so we're going to dive into this film. Untouchables, 1987's Untouchables. So I'm going to just start off and say that I had never seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I missed the 80s. I... Um, uh, not the '80s. I miss the '80s uh, mob movies, the gangster movies. I, I miss them. I never, I've never seen The Godfather. Any of them. I've never seen Scarface. Um, I, I, I don't even really know. Shameful, shameful. I, I, I yeah, know, the the God
1: missing the God first two Godfathers is
0: right. Is you know, it's, it, it, it it don't my list of shame, and I get it. And please send your emails yeah, that, in uh, to it's punishable by uh, punishable by baseball bat. I think to, sure. I, yeah. I I probably deserve that to a point. Um. In fact, really the only gangster movie I've ever seen that I really liked was Road to Perdition um, huh. with uh, Tom Hanks, which Tom was Hanks. a really yeah. good movie. Um, so I never I never watched these movies. So uh, I'm just going to start off and say I, I really like this movie, but I think I might have liked it for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> this ought
1: to be interesting. Okay. So, um,
0: so, so who else is – am I the only one here that hadn't seen it? Well, I've never actually, seen I've
2: it. I've seen it several times. Uh, yeah, this might be the only times. movie that we watched together that I've seen more times than you guys.
0: Uh that's probably pretty I've, accurate. Uh, yeah.
3: uh, Chad, you said you hadn't seen it either? I I have never I'd never seen this before. I th- think I'd heard of it, but uh or maybe I th- maybe it's this the uh the remake that they did a few years ago. Um but I had never seen this one before.
0: Okay. Well, um uh, This is, yeah, 1987's uh, Untouchables. And in case you're wondering, what is the Untouchables? I've never heard of this film. Well, this is what IMDb had to say about it. Federal agent Elliot Ness steps out, sets out. There we go. Let's start over. (laughs) It's been a rough day. Federal agent Elliot Ness sets out to stop Al Capone. Because of a rampant corruption, he assembles a small hand-picked team. And they literally call themselves the Untouchables. The untouchables. It's, it's, it's like they're...
3: Yeah, and if you build it, they will come.
0: Right. There's your Kevin Costner joke. Um, <laughs> uh, so Kevin Costner stars, obviously, Sean Connery, Robert De Niro, uh, and the bad guy from Ocean's Th- 11. Andy Garcia. Andy huh? Garcia. Um, uh, Brian De Palma directed this. Uh, if you don't know who that guy is, because I had never heard of this guy, and apparently he's... Um, he's won a lot of things, and he's directed a lot of extremely good films, such as um, uh, 1976 Carrie, Dress to Kill, Blowout, Scarface, obviously the Untouchables, um, Mission Impossible 1, the first one, uh, Snake Eyes, which is a really weird uh, Nicolas Cage movie, Mission to Mars, which really sucks, um, The Black oh. Dahlia, which I heard was really good. Uh, and uh, re- something called Redacted and Passion, which I don't know anything about, but he's he's obviously got uh, a way with you know that that style of mo- movie making that that gritty, dirty kind of um, you know baseball bat to the back of the head kind of style.
2: <laughs> um, You're just going to beat that into us all day, aren't you? Uh, yeah. There's the first one.
3: Um, uh, I th- I think he's. If he goes the way he's going right now, he's gonna hit it right out of the park.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cheap seat reviews where bad puns go to die. Um yeah. so so Kevin Costner. Uh Kevin Costner over the recently, mainly in the mid mid two thousands, he's gotten a lot of grief for, for doing bad films such as Waterworld and, and then the, the dry version the postman and um and some bad <laughs> rom coms and things like that. But I think he's kind of turned the corner and now he's becoming old man, Kevin Costner, and he's doing you know cool things like Superman's dad, and uh, he's the uh, the kind of the father figure in uh, the new Jack Ryan film. Um, and he's got his new his new spy movie. Out. It's it's his version of Liam Neeson doing Taken.
1: You know, he's yeah three he's, days to kill or something. Yeah,
0: like Yeah, I think he's to this point where he's like, oh well, I still got some gas in the tank. Maybe I can do one of these things and and <laughs> be the smarmy old guy that puts bombs in our shoes and sticks it on cars. So. That's the only thing I've gotten from the trailer. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so yeah, so this this movie, this Untouchables, I, like I said I really liked it. And like I said, I think I liked it for the wrong reasons. Um, it made me laugh out loud <laughs> multiple times. Um, uh, so, okay. Yeah, uh, so I don't want the, that The swarminess <laughs> of
1: it or what, what was there the
0: – there was some moments of it that, like again, having never, I never watched these types of movies, and I, I always have in my mind that all of these gangster movies from this time were, they're all great films, and they all have this dark and sinister uh, feel to them, and I didn't get that from this movie. I got, um, it was almost campy, isn't the right word, but it was almost almost campy you know like it was (laughs) it's not the right word but i can't think of another word to use because it was um it wasn't making it it wasn't making fun of gangster movies i mean it's because it's a genuine movie it's a serious movie about a a serious thing that happened in in the in the history of uh, of our country it just uh,
1: um it it seems kind of silly at times well, I mean, you're right. You, you've got, I mean, just look at the characters themselves. You know, ob- obviously Kevin Costner, the the straight uh, straight arrow Elliot Ness, the Boy Scout. He's the Boy, boy Scout. Yeah, he's, and, he's and the then you've Scout. got the accountant, who's geeky. He's put you know, you know, he's trying to push his oh. idea. You know, first time out with a gun. Yeah, if he had a calculator, watch and, back then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, you know. pocket protector. You know, that that'd be perfect. I think um, I did
3: see a slide rule in his uh, jacket pocket. Nice.
1: Yeah. You've got the Sean Connery character, who's the grumpy old man Mm -hmm. who... Yes, you do.
3: (laughs) And he's he's he's, Irish, and he's Irish. He's
1: he's Irish, he's... he's, Angry all the time. Angry all the time, and and does the hard stuff to get the stuff done. Right. And then you've got the rookie, you know, the the Andy Garcia character, who is good with a gun. That's pretty much all I kind of remember from him but, yeah
0: that's all he does he gets shot and then shoots a bad guy i mean that's kind of all yeah. he does um yeah y- you're right so the,
1: it's the characterization of probably people who you know yeah I, I tried to look up the historical accuracies of this film and apparently it's nowhere near what really happened oh no of not at all <laughs> <laughs> absolutely fictitious almost to the point of making you know making up the entire story except for the names um but uh I I don't know. That was my big contention with the film is is just it, it, because it was campy. There were these characters were probably more well rounded in in real life, and uh, I don't know. The it wasn't
2: reality to me. Maybe maybe yeah. they're all every character was a trope of something. Yes, yeah, oh, I think so.
0: Yes. Yeah, oh yeah. If yeah, yeah I we had, agree. yeah, if we had some kind of trope meter, like this one would be off the charts, which I think is. <laughs> Which I think is funny because we've we've now we haven't really done any super super tropey movies, though I would have think thought that like uh, Olympus has fallen would have would have been off the charts and we've got some coming up that are gonna be really good for this. But I I was surprised at how many tropes that I wrote down for this movie. Uh, But you're right, every character is a stereotype trope. I mean it's not just the fact that Sean Connery's character is grumpy and cranky and, and kinda mean, he's also racist. And, um, (laughs) but he's also still the, he's the, um, he's the Obi-Wan Kenobi archetype.
2: He's he's your wise old sage. Right. right. You
0: know, and like literally, I mean, literally in the scene when they're in the cabin, uh, and in Southern California, I mean, Canada, um, (laughs) he literally gives a piece of advice to everyone. Yeah. Like he walks up and goes, I can't remember what he says, but he literally gives everyone a piece of advice. Oh,
2: like. To Elliot-ness, he's, uh, you know, don't worry about it, wait for it to happen. Then he right. goes over to uh, Andy Garcia's character and he's like, have you, have you cleaned your gun once? Well, good, leave it, it alone. Leave it alone, yeah. And he goes to the accountant and he's like, hey, man, my taxes are bad. No, you know, no, I'm just kidding. But, but yeah, right. I mean, everybody gets their yeah. own bit of advice. Right.
0: Which I thought was great. I mean, it made me laugh. So some other things that kind of literally made me laugh out loud. Um, the first thing I have in my notes is I literally wrote, wow, briefcase bomb to the kid. That was rough. But it actually kind of made me laugh. Because and this sounds really horrible, but
1: <laughs> he got one sick sense of a humor, Mister John. I, kn- Mr. I did, know it honestly, was honestly who didn't see it coming. Yeah, we all saw uh, it coming,
0: yeah. but the way it was portrayed, it was kind of it was kind of funny. Hey, and...
1: Mister! Hey, Mister! You forgot your bag. Bang! bang.
0: Right, and then we get the exterior, and we get the boom, and a little bit of the the you know blood flowing out there, and it was <laughs> it, it wasn't supposed to be funny, but I kind of chuckled. Um <laughs> It's it's kind of the way, I don't know, it's, it's kind of the way you almost kind of chuckle when Wash bites it in Serenity. Like, it's yeah. not supposed to be funny, but then this giant thing flies through the, the glass and stabs him. And it's almost kind of like, oh, huh, he just died by a giant spear. It's kind of that thing. So, um... I know I wasn't supposed to laugh but I did. I laughed out loud when the guy took it to the back of the head with the baseball bat <laughs> <laughs> because it was All hey, right, what the hell is wrong with you? I don't know, it's just again it was <laughs> the, the, the way it was portrayed because I knew instantly in that scene as soon as he picked up that bat someone somebody, was going
3: Somebody, yeah, somebody was going to get hit with the bat.
0: Yeah, I knew someone was going to get hit in the bat. And the way it was portrayed like the only way it would have been any funnier is if they would have put like uh, a sound effect of like someone striking a coconut or something. 'Cause when he when you actually see him strike his head, it actually I almost I was kinda waiting for that you know, that sound. Um, the hollow
2: yeah, the hollow coconut. Right, sound. You I get was somebody gonna, going why yada.
0: Right. And then of course he keeps going and that's where the graphic nature of the of the moment comes in and um uh, quite frankly, I wasn't really sure why he killed that guy. Um, I didn't know. You know oh. why?
1: Well, he was c- the guy that was in charge in the post office. The oh, I, I that got caught. I didn't pick up on that.
0: I kind of figured that's what it meant. And actually, I read in the trivia that uh, that scene actually it, it exists because it was a true uh, it was a
1: true thing that happened. Um, sort of. He's, sort he went of. after three different people with a bat. But never uh, right, well, yeah, these two, these nice two, dinner, um, you know.
0: these two henchmen were going to rise up and take over the gang, and he found out about it, so he decided to bring them all together and then beat them to death with a baseball bat, um, which any civilized man would do,
1: of um, course. That's well, not what I would do. Yeah. Um, so, what happened to the original podcast host? Uh, right. I mean, never mind. <laughs> yeah, Just keep going. We don't Here speak of the you.
2: Lesson.
0: Um, so I'm trying to think of some of the other kind of funny moments in the movie that, again, weren't supposed to be funny. Those uh, Canadian Mounties were useless.
3: <laughs> oh, um, I like, mean, seriously, <laughs> there's... One, they no. don't follow directions. Two... Oh,
2: no, they don't.
3: With the prancing horses, like, I'm going to ride into battle, prancing on my horse. I mean, come on.
1: Silly right. Mounties. Number I one, mean, that never happened. It was That is totally made up. But number two... You know, again, these people—the bad guys—went to the Imperial School for shooting, yeah. or and, and against horses and cars. I, it's just, yeah, it seemed real dumb. Like, I makes get, no sense. Like, Come on, people.
0: Like, I get the fact that they're called Mounties, but don't 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 they have like real police <laughs> with cars? Yeah, it just seemed real dangerous. Like, I'm gonna—they—they—they they, they knew they were going against armed men in trucks. Yeah, that just seemed real dumb, and. Apparently, and I know in, by nineteen. When was this supposed to take place? It's in the thirties. Nineteen thirties. Yeah. So yeah. well, just it doesn't matter. The thirties. We had invented rifles, like the assault rifle, like we used them during World War One. Bolt action yeah. rifles. So I get that the cops wouldn't have these, or especially the bad guys. They all had you know those Thompson machine guns and the um and shotguns. But it just seemed really. Inefficient. I mean, you're using buckshot at like a hundred <laughs> feet, and they're really accurate. And, I'm, and I've actually shot shotguns
1: before, and they're not that accurate. Once well, can you- we can we talk about the accountant shotgun too? This must have been exploding <laughs> shells. <laughs> uh-huh. I,
3: I want <laughs> this gun. Yeah. I mean,
1: it totally ripped off the, the front of that truck or whatever that was. I'm thinking to myself,
2: my God, what does he have in that thing? Yeah, he he, 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 he blew um, up a guy in a truck. Like, he, oh yeah. know, he gets shot, and the whole entire Inside of the truck is just bloody yeah. from yeah. the impact. Yeah, his, he his, blew a guy up. I his <laughs> uh, his shotgun shell. And then, her, go, or,
3: and then goes on like, like, oh yeah, I'm I'm kind of a badass." And then goes and like beats the crap out of this guy with the butt of a gun. With like, two hits. He, with it, two hits. Out. And he's an accountant. He's probably nerd never, rage. Uh,
2: it was nerd yeah. rage. Nerd rage. Yeah,
0: his his shotgun shells were made of explodium. I mean, that's the only thing that describes it. Yeah. And I actually wrote in my notes here, which is funny. Um, I actually wrote, the, that accountant is the luckiest dude ever. Because the only reason why he was alive at that point was that um, the guy with the, the Thompson, his his gun misfired. Because he would yeah. run out of shells. Um, and, and so then he just charges this guy like a, with a bayonet, but it's his <laughs> shotgun and just beats the tar out of this guy. Um <laughs> And then the next scene, he gets his head, cut, you know, blown off. So, um, <laughs> like I said, at the time when I put my, 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 down in my notes, it, it it fit. But you know, then he was he was the first to go. Spoiler alert! Yeah. Um, but this movie's almost thirty years old, so you know, deal with it. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so some <laughs> of the things that kind of made me laugh: um, the creepy guy in the white suit, who is a oh tr- man, you know, I... henchman number. <laughs> so, he he's he's your sub boss, right? Yeah. Uh, he made me laugh because he was just, he just exuded greasy, right? That, that that mob trope, um, that whatever, that, that thing that we think of the mob, he was that guy, just dirty, sleazy, grimy, does the dirty work for Capone, uh, is real nonchalant. I mean, just, he's the most subtle guy ever walking up into a courtroom, handing him a piece of paper that has the people that he bribed really, you had to show Capone that then and then not immediately. You had to did, put that
1: on paper? Really people?
0: Yeah. You couldn't have just whispered that. Hey, we, we bought them all off. That's all you yeah. got to say.
2: Hey, let me just bring this evidence back into the, uh, right. Into the <laughs> room. Yeah. It was real dumb.
0: And he had a, he had a handwritten note. He had a, he had a get out of jail free card from the mayor, from the mayor. Um, so anyway, so, but the parts that I also laughed at were, um, um, uh, pretty much when Sean Connery used that dead body as which was really <laughs> clever. I love that. It was really clever. He's like, well the guy's dead. I mean, what are they going to do? You know, arrest yeah. him for mutilating a body, which that law probably didn't exist back then. So um that was and really that was really clever. I really liked that yeah. part.
1: Anything to get the guy to talk. Right. And you know the the whole it was kind of the between him and the Kevin Costner, I'm sorry, Ness, I guess, between him and Ness, it was always, what are you willing to do to get Capone? And Ness was having a hard time maybe bending rules. Right. And that was a definite bend of the rules uh, right there. But again, it once again showed that, you know, this is what you're going to have to do to get there. What are you willing to
2: give?
3: I'd like to add a little something about this, about, you know, how did this beat cop, this beat cop that want that always aired on the side of, well, I don't want to get, you know, I don't want to get shot, I don't want to die. You know, kind of, you know, playing it kind of safe and has evidently been playing it safe for many, many years because he's still a beat cop and never wanted to rock the boat or anything. But then all of a sudden it's like, yep, I'm a badass. I yeah, you know, that's
1: I, I got that too, Chad, because I, I had a hard time understanding his motivations once he joined up with Ness oh yeah I,
0: I, to, to me I just took it as um uh I just took it as as an old cop who was just tired of the weight the status quo and he was ready to fight back yeah. and he's at the end of his career he's at the end of his legacy and he's ready to do to to do something instead of just be a beat cop um but I, I, he was certainly my favorite character. Um, oh, yeah.
1: I mean, I mean, there's a reason why he won the Oscar.
0: Right. I mean, and I, I liked Kevin Costner fine, but his character has no redeeming qualities because he's he's always the Boy Scout. I mean, um, and except, he's, for the, except for that one thing except for that.
3: Except for the part at the end where he just kind of loses it.
0: And... Yeah, but I'm totally okay with that. Like, I totally get that. Though the thing is, though, I thought it was kind of silly that he had to wait for that guy to kind of talk bad about his buddy... Uh, but he did get that last word. You know, he, he throws the guy off the <laughs> roof. And as he's screaming to his death in some really bad green screen, he says that he sounded a little bit like that, which I thought was really cool. Like, yeah. You know, you probably can't hear me because you're screaming on the way down. But, yeah. So I'm okay with that. But you're right, for the most part. And, yeah, when when, when Connor used that guy's body as as a way of, you know, motivating this other dude to talk, he, you know, I don't approve I'm Canadian. I don't approve of you American ways. Like, well, you're obviously Washington not from the Chicago. Yeah. Way, Yeah, well, Kevin Costner said that. Okay, he anyway. says that, but
2: yeah. never waste a good Connery. That's what I always say.
0: Right. So I liked, <laughs> I liked uh, Kevin Costner in his film. He was fine. But, again, he was this. Um, you know what he reminded me of? It literally just hit me. If you have ever seen um, Band of Brothers, he reminded me of the David Schwimmer character. Only... <laughs> people hated him and wanted him dead. And in this case, yeah. they, they actually were willing to follow him. Um, but they were kind of that, you know, let's, he, they're busting in on a snowplow truck, which was kind of fun at the beginning of the movie. Let's do some good guys. Come on. And then we're going to go braid each other's hair. <laughs> um, so I, you know, whatever. But I, again, so, so, so there was some other notes I, I took real quick. Um, I hate it when, when, when Sean Connery and, and Kevin Costner are sitting in the church and they're talking. Um, movies did this a lot in the 80s and early 90s. It's a, it's a film thing that bothers me. I'm sorry I'm getting kind of technical here. I normally don't like to do this. But when they're sitting side by side and we're looking at the profile of both actors.
3: And both of them are focused in.
0: Correct. When both are focused and you, and then you have the middle that's out of focus because something has to be out of focus. But when you do that that person that's closest to the camera seems abnormally large. It's an awkward thing. I get what you're doing. You're trying to get up close and intimate and show both of them in focus, but it's awkward. And I've always hated it when films do that. Um, and I'm literally thinking about it. They do it in mission impossible, which is the same director. So I I don't think it's just, you know, De Palma doing that. I think that was a thing that people did back in the eighties and nineties, but, Mm-hmm. I, I hate it. And so, sorry, It's just that's just a personal thing.
3: Well, since we're on the topic, the other thing that I was noticing in all this is that they did a lot with like a, some type of wide-angle lens. And you got this uh, this kind of fisheye sensation. Like, I noticed the one when they were sitting in the church and they were talking to each other. And you kind of got this sensation that you were looking at it through, uh, through this wide-angle lens. And I didn't know if that was... Uh, from your standpoint, Sean, if that was a, a technically accurate thing that they would want to do there. Uh, it's, or...
0: just, it's just a style of lens. And it, it, it could be, um, again, when in 1987 when, when they were shooting this on 35 millimeter film, uh, it was never intended to be shown in a high-def format. So maybe when you put that in a, in a standard 4x3 format, maybe that gets cropped off and you don't get that strange sensation that mm. you do now that we're in HD. Um we're, we're noticing a lot of films that have been converted to HD, which HD looks great on 35mm film because that's what it's designed from. Um, I mean, this film looked great. It really held up for 30 year old movie. I mean, it looked great. That is great. true, yeah.
1: I mean, it did look. Um, there weren't too many no, other than the really bad green screen. Yeah, other right, than but, that. But, but that's the technology of the time. That's not,
0: you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it looked great. It sounded really good. Um, I thought. Uh, uh, he made it. The director made an interesting choice to not use. Um, uh, overdubbing of the, of the punching sound effects. You know, <laughs> a dude got hit, and it literally sounded like what the microphone, the boom mic, picked up. They didn't do any extra foley.
1: Um, uh, I, I disagree on one fight. Which one? The one between, oh, between Connery and, uh, and, and the, the uh, and Oh, the old, the yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: that one had I, a little bit of it. You're right. Yeah. But, like, the scene when, when a crazy accountant goes all nerd rage and beats the guy up with the gun, like, there was almost no foley sound. Like yeah. you couldn't hear anything. Like I didn't know the guy had been punched until he fell over. Um, so it was just, I'm not saying you go, you can't go Indiana Jones with the, with the, the campiness. Cause that's what that movie's yeah. designed to be. It's supposed to be silly in that nature. That's why everyone sounds like when you get, when you punch somebody in Indiana Jones world, it sounds like a nuclear missile going off or something, but <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's, it's crazy. Um, uh, I also want to touch on this real quick. Uh, while we're kind of in this vein, the soundtrack
1: of this movie was really weird.
3: It really I hated was.
1: It is. I ate the soundtrack I, I, to this movie.
3: I've got something. I've got this written down in my in my notes about about how you had this like jazz score thing going on, kind of big bandish, and then you got this strong rock beat right behind it. Yeah, and the, I was like, this, this
2: this doesn't make sense.
1: The opening track I had written down is this Law
2: and Order. Question mark? All right. <laughs> well, you know what? This is I mean, that was very '80s, and in in, in in the sense of you know the screaming tenor sax player over uh, some keyboard electronic stuff going on, and that that really took me out of the the movie. Uh, that you know, having seen it, and now that I'm watching it because of the podcast, I'm a little bit more critical of what I'm watching. It really took me out of it because I, I mean I know what the movie's about. I knew you knew everything about it. But it really took me out just listening to that, and we're talking yeah. about 1930. Why, why not give me something big band? Why not give that to me?
0: Yeah, he. The one thing that that really drove me nuts was that there was no one. I I couldn't even tell you what the theme of this movie is. <laughs> if, if there I don't was think that,
3: there really was a theme, or like, at least from a score point of like, view. To
0: me, I he, agree with you. Like he really. And maybe this was an intentional thing, but it seemed like every time we were in a different – not scene, but like a different locale or feeling, we had a completely different style of music. Um, yeah, so like the, there they, was like really
3: the, nothing that they would build on. Right. Um, or anything like that. Like no, when, no, no type of thematic development.
0: Right. Like when we were in Canada, like we got like a Western style music. Like I mean, like Western, as in you know the magnificent like I re- seven. I, re- I really, you
3: know? I really thought that we were in like some type of Western. Like I actually wrote down. Meanwhile, back at the ranch.
0: Yeah, and then we had like the big band jazz thing that happened when we were at. Somewhere the, the club. Obviously, when you go to the club, you're gonna have big band like that fits, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. But then there was late towards the end of the movie. Then we got that really stupid, sap, sappy saxophone stuff going oh. on, and I'm thinking to myself, "What are you doing?" And then, like three seconds later, when we, when I remember there was some really epic, heroic music a couple of times in this movie. I'm like, "Okay, that this doesn't this, that doesn't fit for some reason." No, this th- that would fit in. Uh, and, uh, um, a sci-fi epic, not yeah. this movie. This movie is um, is really, really. Again, I think it's a really good movie, um, but it's not epic feeling. And it's not. I don't think it's supposed to feel epic. It's supposed to be this this great story. But it, I kept feeling, uh, "Where's Frodo and the rest of the Hobbits coming?" There was a couple of <laughs> moments where that was happening. It was weird. But I'm looking at this guy's uh, the composer. I'm looking at some of the stuff that he's done. He's been nominated for five Oscars. So, I mean, clearly the dude can work. And he's done a lot of stuff, but most of it doesn't look like stuff that's here in America. Um, I think he is Italian. Yeah, he's Italian. Uh, And he did, now he did Inglorious Bastards, and he did uh, Django Unchained. So, obviously he's buddies with um, Tarantino. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 521 credits as a composer. Yeah, I mean, this guy's doing like six. Gosh, he did seven movies, eight movies in 2009. But most of them were short. I wonder how many
1: he did in '87. Um,
0: I'll tell you. He did exactly, still scrolling, one, (laughs) two, three, four, five, six, seven. Maybe he
1: he might have been a little bit overextended then. Rampage,
0: Quarantire. Gil Ochila de Oro, oh, The Untouchables, La Privora 3, Control, and Farewell Moscow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Farewell Moscow. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah.
0: So anyway, whatever. I'm um, no, not a big fan. Yeah, it was weird. So uh, I didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole too far, but it's about the movie, and that's what we talk about. Um, uh. What else do I have in my notes? Oh, uh, I, did, I did think it was funny. We were just talking about how, you know, Chad mentioned, meanwhile, back at the ranch. Uh, I wrote, Costner on a horse shooting bad guys. Now, where have I seen that before? <laughs> um, I will say some of my favorite Costner is when he's a cowboy. I like Wyatt Earp. Now, we can get into the debate between is Wyatt Earp better than Tombstone. And I have literally been to Tombstone. And asked people that lived there, which movie do you like? And they all say, Wyatt Earp is, is the, um, I'm sorry, Tombstone is the better movie. But Kevin Costner is a better Wyatt Earp. So if we could take Kevin Costner and stick him in Tombstone, it would be the perfect movie.
2: Huh. I'll take that. Um, yeah, I can see that.
0: And he's also really good in, uh, what is it, Open Range? Or something like that. He did that with... Um, Duvall. That's a really good western. It's a really good one. Um, That's stuff I haven't seen. And and I, I get criticized all this all the time because I actually genuinely like Waterworld, um, but I like it because it's also kind of a western. Ish. I know westerns are absent of water. This is all about water, but it's the same concept. So leave me alone. Um, huh. uh, I also wrote down um, I, in quotations. Where's the baby? Who says that? <laughs> <laughs> Sam and, and Corny and I We all three of us have children um, I would never run into the house To my wife And scream where's the baby I would say my son's name Just like Sam I'm pretty sure you would say yeah. Either where are the girls or, yeah. yeah, Or you know But where's the baby First of all Your baby was like three Okay, She was <laughs> sitting up coloring Second of all <laughs> Don't freaking hug your girl with, with a, a gun, gun in your hand. Lord, Lord, a gun. Lord, yeah. a gun. Oh yeah. my gosh. At no point, even if he burst into the room and sees that she's okay, take three seconds to holster your gun. Yeah. Then I'm okay with the scene. But because he never did, I was, what are you doing? Yeah. I just, did the, the, the director say, no, no, no. You're so overwhelmed with relief that you don't have time to put away this deadly weapon. That it's might gone. go off and accidentally kill your daughter. What? Oh my gosh!
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then,
0: then later on in the movie, I had forgotten that his wife was pregnant because they never really mentioned it. They just show her in one scene pregnant, and all of a sudden, I'm I'm literally looking. He's looking at a baby, and I thought, "Whose baby is that? <laughs>
2: I didn't know that. I, I, I had to." Really I, he just takes babies as he as he wants to. Hey, yeah, lady, can I have that baby? You know, yeah, thanks.
0: And then she's in the hospital, and I thought they never made any mention that she was near due. Or anything, and maybe this is their way of showing a passage of time. Because when we see her, she's not super pregnant, and all of a sudden now she's given a kid, so or having a kid. So maybe this is their way of saying many months have passed. Um, it was, uh. it, I, I thought that was kind of poorly done. Um,
3: yeah, even at the beginning when they when they even had the, the little the text overlay of you know kind of setting up what you know. 1930s, something, whatever. Right. And they couldn't put anything else to show that time had passed. I mean, I know that that's a trope that we you know, that we all know and love, but, but I think that they could have done something else about something else to, to show that, or at least you know develop her character a little bit more and show that, yep, pregos and whatever.
2: Right. A little montage would have been nice. You know, that could I could have, that could have helped. Didn't they? Yeah. wasn't there a montage? Or no? Wasn't there um, a... I didn't really... There really wasn't
0: was a, a, a montage. montage in this movie. No, that's okay. Well, I don't have to play it every week. Um, yeah. Uh, Thank God. All right, so we're going to get to the tropes now. I want to really yep. dive into some of these tropes, because this movie was, was damn tropey. Now, I only wrote four, but I think there was more, like, 30. Um... <laughs> And that's okay. So we've already established that each of the four main characters was a trope. Okay? Yeah. So I'm going to throw out the Irish
3: cop. Irish police chief. Yeah, the
0: Irish police
3: chief trope.
0: Now, he oh actually, he, he also fulfilled the other trope, which is one of my favorite, the angry police chief trope. Now, because he did kind of get a little yelly, and he got into Sean Connery's face, and they got into a fist fight. So not Why? only is he he's the Irish trope, Irish cop trope, because all cops are Irish. But I thought that trope only worked in Boston. I didn't know it worked in Chicago. But <laughs> fine, all, all cops are all, all Irishmen are cops, or all cops are Irish. Whatever it is, he's the angry police chief trope. He's also the dirty cop trope. So he trifecta, right? He got the he got the, the yeah. trifecta. He got the hat trick. Congratulations, guy, who I recognize from something, but I can't remember who he is now. Um. So good job there. We also have the. Uh, the, we already talked about, I uh, wrote down the Boy Scout trope, how Kevin Costner is the Boy Scout, but we already yeah. we already established that. Uh, I wrote the the slow reveal trope. Did you notice that every one of the important characters in this movie got revealed slowly? So we open the scene, the movie, we're looking down at someone important being attended to. He's got the towel on his face and doing the <laughs> shoes. The movie was like, I mean, it was what, three minutes into the movie before we finally see his face. And... And to me, I thought that was a strange way of revealing Capone, but you usually do that on movies when you're trying to make an impact of, of what's happening. But we already know Robert De Niro is playing Capone. Like, are we supposed to be surprised that he looks that way? Um,
1: yes. I, uh, well, I, I didn't take too much offense of that. I just, the opulent, op, God, I can't even say the right word, opulence of Capone. Right. Um, is well known, and to me, it was like you know this. Look at this guy; he's being catered to his every whim. You know, no wonder he's so powerful. You know, he's able to do this. Type right, of thing. and
0: the and the guy cuts him shaving, and he's fear he's afraid for his life. No, obviously he's not. Gonna, yeah, he's not going to kill him in front of all these you know reporters, but he'll maybe do it later. Um, uh, which actually, I thought was going to happen in the next scene when we when we establish the diner. I actually thought that was when we were I like. I was. Yeah. You know, I was actually expecting the body that got to fall into the street or something. Um, which again, I would have definitely laughed. He's in at, the car. Though. He's I'm in the just... car. <laughs> this movie had a couple of good one-liners too, which I was really, which I was really proud of. Uh, so then we have the the slow reveal for Kevin Costner. He's we like we look at the back of his head for seven minutes before he finally turns around and we see that it's Kevin Costner. Sean Connery does a full walk by before he finally turns around and faces the camera. Uh, Andy Garcia is shooting guns. Um but we see what he's shooting before we see him again. Uh the accounting didn't really get a, a slow reveal. He was just in the office and we just walked yeah. in and there he is. So um I guess the first to die he doesn't get a slow reveal. Um my favorite slow reveal is Dark Knight the Joker. He's behind the he's behind the mask the entire opening scene. Yes, yeah. And Brilliant. Then he, and then he takes off the mask to see that he's still wearing clown makeup. And he gives us that great line: "What doesn't kill you makes you stranger." Um, that was a brilliant slow reveal. Sometimes it works to me; sometimes it doesn't. I it didn't bother me. I just obviously obviously it bothered me, but I didn't it didn't take me out of the movie. I just thought it was a, a funny uh, director's choice. But I'm kind of nitpicking at this point. Um, who else had some tropes?
2: Oh, the uh, the really graphic death scene, or the. Uh the guy who can't die until he says the 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 last good speech. Right. Um, Connery's character. Uh, <laughs> also, spoiler alert, he dies, too. Um, yeah, actually, that really took yeah. me by surprise.
3: And I have written on, the, going piggybacking off of that, um, you know, I just wrote down, like, this is the worst death ever, as he's getting <laughs> riddled with holes and still <laughs> just crawls around for, like, Mit for what seems like forever, and it was like this has to be the worst death ever. I, I and then we get to the <laughs> then we get to the rooftop. Was like nope, I was wrong.
0: I, I still contend the, uh, <laughs> the 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 female, uh, what's her name, Marion, uh, the French chick in Dark Knight Rises. Her death is the worst death ever. But uh, I see your point. Uh, I actually like Sean Connery's death because it it just kind of showed that he was so mean and tough that. 50 bullets to the chest won't do him in.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you gotta understand, you know, it took... You know, of course, movie time is really quick, but think of how long it would take for Ness to get to that house. Right. And he's still alive crawling through the house. Right. And he lost,
0: what, six gallons of blood on the floor?
2: <laughs> but
1: he's he's shot...
0: He up. lost
2: more blood than his body actually held. He actually yeah. found someone else took their blood and then lost that.
0: Right.
3: Well, who would have thought the yeah. old man had so much blood in him?
0: So... Yeah. I, I I I didn't mind his death, but it was real tropey. Yeah, of course, you know the, um, you know I, I have to wait until I tell you that one last important thing. Shepherd book does it in Serenity, um, uh, <laughs> I think better actually than this. But I'm also very very biased to, to that movie. Yeah. Um, and there are some other good movies. I'm sure that this this thing happens, uh, where the the wise learned uh, Obi Wan Kenobi character you know, star Wars does it, but they just come back from the dead to tell you stuff. So
3: you're yeah. <laughs> into the
2: lesson. Uh, yeah. So you're <laughs> here, into here the lesson.
0: Yeah. And, and Sean Carney was great. I really did like him in this movie and I, I see why, what you mean, but he won the Oscar. Uh, he, oh. he was my favorite of, of the, of this movie. He really was. He just, I, I don't know. I can't talk enough. He about stole it. the scenes. He, re- he what really, happened. he I mean... really did. did. Any more tropes? I was going to get to trivia real quick. Oh,
2: uh, uh in uh, the oh go ahead go ahead,
1: go ahead. i've got a, a nerdy guy uh grows up yes yeah you know he starts off real nerdy bookworm uh, gets a little bit of action you know
2: gets... fighting fighting not not the...
1: right yeah fighting well, right maybe, or is exploding shotgun shells but um and then of course you know ends tragically
0: yeah, his death sucked. I didn't get the thing with the girl. What was she all about? She girl this girl gets off the elevator and she's all looking whatever and she she Sus- almost, Yeah, suspicious. Like I don't she, know what that was. Like she literally like looked at the camera and said, Hey, come follow me so we did and then she stuck in she snuck into the police chief's office, so maybe that's what that was, is that she's there to tell him the, to go hide in his office because one of his guys is about to take it to the face? Maybe, maybe that's what that is. Maybe I just figured it out. Good
2: that's job. It was kind of a really poor, yeah, it was a...
0: Well, I don't know, maybe very, maybe it was very, very wide su- loose end. Maybe it was subtle, and I wasn't... I'm supposed to be smart enough to figure that out um, during that moment. But I, all I, I, alluded, I actually thought she was going in to kill the chief. Uh, I thought that was the point. Um, yeah. And then I look back, and the chief kind of looks out the window, knowingly looks out the window to see two dead cops down there. And I thought, oh, well... And that I'm literally saying this out loud. I think that that's what it is. So good job me. Um, uh, Corny, did you have one more?
2: I was going to say there was um, one more. Uh, it's the, also in the same death scene with Sean Connery, you've got the person who's dying who needs to get the one item to somebody else. And so they're, uh, you know, they're pointing and, and, and trying to do that. But that, that's one small thing where uh, I noticed in, in a death scene that you've got that item you've got to get and you're pointing and, the, the guy was like, well, what do you mean? Oh, you mean this thing over here? And the guy's like, no, no, no. And then they go to the other thing. And I don't know. It's just a, it, it uh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? I do. Good. Trivia. Robert De Niro insisted on wearing the same style of silk underwear that Al Capone wore, even though it would never be seen on camera. The producers, knowing De Niro's reputation as a method actor, gave in. That's trivial, <laughs> but I think it's hilarious. Uh-huh. I, I like that kind of trivia. Just the fact that De Niro is willing to change his underwear for the role. Um, Despite the final courtroom scene in the movie, the real Al Capone and Elliot Ness never came face-to-face during their battles, even though he also confronted him in the hotel lobby, um, which is your convenience trope. I need to talk to this guy right now, who never leaves the hotel except at that moment.
3: (laughs) He was going to the opera.
0: Right. Um, which was, you know That was good music, but somebody else wrote that um, <laughs> Michael Douglas, Don Johnson, and Mel Gibson Were considered for the role for Die Hard I mean, for Elliot Ness and rejected Sorry, those, all, <laughs> those guys were all Guys looking for Die Hard too Harrison Ford, again, didn't uh, turn down Die Hard uh, But he also was offered the role But turned it down before Kevin Costner got it Now, uh, literally seconds before we started recording Corny and I were talking about this I actually wouldn't mind have seeing Michael Douglas play Elliot Ness. It would not have been the boy scout that he was. Yeah. I thought yeah. Kevin Costner just he just looked clean, <laughs> shaven and 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 that's and that's fine and maybe that's what your the character is supposed to be, but I kind of like my crazy Michael Douglas from The Ghost in the Darkness which is a, <laughs> an episode that we that you should have heard by now but sadly it has uh, it, yeah. technical issues.
2: So, <laughs> oh, you know, actually, speaking of uh, Kevin Costner's uh, good uh, good character, uh, he kind of he kind of did a one eighty on his "I'm not going to break the law" by immediately going on a warrantless raid. Uh, that kind of bothered me a little bit.
0: <laughs> you no, know, you're right. I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah, he he walks uh, into the off he walks into the post office. And says you got a warrant, and he basically says yeah. And then he punches a guy in the face or something. Or, or Sean Connery did.
3: Do you really need a warrant to to go into a post office though? It is federal land or federal property. That's
0: true.
2: Yeah. It's so still certain seizure. I mean, that's.
0: But a but of, but you're not you're not invading a personal property. That's
2: true. You're
0: literally on federal. I mean. Any federal employee that has the right to be back there can just go back there. It's just the fact that they walked through the lobby with shotguns and freaked everyone the hell out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Goodness. part was hilarious. Nowadays, you'd have you know cell phones out and everyone would be calling the police. Um, this is one of those movies where you just go, man, if you just had cell phones, those Mounties wouldn't have been so useless, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, Prancing around. I, I often think about movies like, what if he had cell phones? What if Harry Potter had cell phones? Would would the fifth movie have turned out the way it did? No. Um, anyway. Or or the fourth movie. He just you know Snapchats Voldemort and then goes back and like, hey look, there he is, and then everyone believes him. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, that's another story for another day. Um I also wrote, let's see, uh somehow my my Oh, never mind. I got it. Um, yeah, where where are we? Trivia. Yeah, sorry. Um, i I I got. I, I lost my train of thought. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So that's uh, and the last piece of trivia I have is: any police officer seen drinking alcohol on screen in this film is killed. Yep. I, I think that's pretty funny. So, so, so anyway. Um, so I'm actually going to wrap this up short because this is a special episode, and you're thinking to yourself. This is only the fifth episode. How can you have a special episode? Well, we're going to do it, damn it! So deal with it. <laughs> yeah, um, because yeah. and because I'm driving the show and I'm, I want to. So we're going to do something special here. So we're going to just go ahead and wrap this this movie up uh, real quick and tight and and be done with it. So um, anything else? Have anything else to add? No. Good. Okay. So <laughs> so Chad, uh, we always do this at the end of of each episode. We always kind of put a rating of what we felt of the movie. Um. So. On a scale of one to ten, how many baby strollers falling downstairs would you give this?
3: Oh, poor that that poor child! Right, uh, I, I'm going to have to say yeah, I really like this. I'm going to give it a seven. Baby strollers falling downstairs, nice.
0: Uh, uh, Corny, how many
2: useless mounties would you give? I'll give the movie seven point five useless mounties. Yes,
0: and and Sam, obviously, this moment had a large impact on me. Uh, how many baseball bats to the back of the head would you give it?
1: I would probably give it about five strikes out of ten.
0: Okay, hold Average. on. on. Not Average. Not a big fan of this movie. Hold on. Wait a minute. We got to stop for a second. You gave that 30. horrific movie last week, 13 Assassins, the same. F- <laughs> you actually gave it a better score than yep. this movie that yep, won sure Oscars. Is. What is wrong yeah. with you?
1: Yeah. Well, if it was an American, you know, American would have made uh, Thirteen Assassins. It probably would have been up there too. So, yep, five out of ten. An American. The the, the, the the train station scene ruined the movie for me. Oh, I thought... utterly I was... and completely, totally over the top, cheesy, and it was.
0: It it was. It, was, it was, was bad. The only part that I liked was the part when you know Garcia is on the ground. He's got that little thirty eight special aimed at that guy. Mm-hmm. And 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 Kevin Costner says you got him, and he says yep, and he says I'm going to count the th- the guy bad guy says I'm going to count to five and on two. Kevin Costner just says go, and he kills him. That happens like three times in NCIS, and it makes me laugh every time. So again, that was a scene that I laughed, um, yeah. and I probably shouldn't have. Uh, and I also kind of laughed. Um, Uh, Well, no, I didn't laugh at that part, but yeah, the movie again. So, uh,
1: yeah. Anyway, I I was not a fan. Five out of ten.
0: Well, I I would probably give it somewhere close to like a six point eight, seven. You know, IMDb gives it an eight. That's probably a little high for me. I would have probably given it maybe, like I said, closer to a seven. I I thought it was a good movie. Uh, I kind of felt, I almost feel like I was supposed to like it more than I actually did, um, because of the of the genre. So, so that movie's done. Congratulations, yay! The Untouchables. (laughs) The four of us went and watched the movie <laughs> this weekend and I want to talk about this. Now, um, if you want to see the Lego movie and you don't want to know anything about it other than what you've seen in previews, go, stop the podcast, go watch yes. it and then come back. We're going to we might spoil some things, maybe maybe not, I don't know. We we'll,
2: will. We will no even way we wait on you to, you to come um, back.
0: Yeah. yeah, we'll wait. Just go ahead and go now. We'll wait. Yep, just put pause. And pause it. You're back. Okay, good. Okay. So, I hope you liked the movie. We did. Uh, you probably it saw it.
3: Everything was awesome.
0: Everything, oh. was, everything was awesome! If, if you were like us, four men in a movie with... Grown men. thousands of children roaming the halls of this movie theater, um, it was damn worth it. Yes. Um, this movie was awesome. There's no <laughs> other way to describe it. If you've seen the movie, that's funny to you. This movie was great. Um it was, uh, they keep saying this is the most original movie ever. No. Okay. It's the same story. I, I said in the, at the movie theater, it's the same story of, of Kung Fu Panda. You don't have to be special to be special. You just have to believe you're special. Um, they kind of use that same theme in The um, Incredibles. How do I think about it? Anyway. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't matter. It was such a fun movie. And it was this, that it was that story, but told in such a unique way it literally was like i was playing with legos again when i was 9 uh, which i did this it was charming and endearing and batman was hilarious and morgan freeman as the <laughs> as your wizard sage yeah sage obi-wan kenobi type was hysterical and uh,
3: he kept... And he just got that voice that he could just read he could read the phone book oh yeah absolutely. and it would be fu- and it would be perfect
2: oh yeah absolutely yep don thompson
0: 4592 <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Um, so, so yeah, this this movie was great. Will Will Ferrell voices the Lord Business bad guy, and um, Will Arnett is Batman, and they used every Batman trope they could think of in this movie, and it, was, <laughs> and it was perfect. It wasn't just the fact that like we need to build a spaceship. Yeah, we need to build a Bat spaceship. My idea, patent pending. Um, it wasn't just the fact that it was the Batmobile, but then he turned it into the Batjet, and he makes his own music because he's brooding and he's a brooding moody. Dark man. And, yes. and, this- and the lyrics to the music will just. rainbow.
1: Yes.
0: But the movie for me was, um, it, it took a turn that I didn't expect. Here's the spoiler. Yeah, spoiler alert. The, the, the movie is, li- is, li- is literally a kid's imagination, he is creating this
1: whole world. A real human kid. Yeah, it's a real like kid. Like, live action human kid. Yeah,
0: someone's filming a kid on camera, and Will, Will Ferrell actually walks down the stairs as the, quote-unquote, the evil man upstairs they keep referring to as the man upstairs uh, in this Lego world, Lord Business. And um, Will Ferrell's character, the dad, uh, as we know him as, uh, he has built thousands of Legos. <laughs> and the main table is the Lego City, and he's got every building ever. And then along the sides of the table, he's got all the other Lego universe, you know, Star Wars and uh, underwater Legos and everything. And in the movie, they, they go to these different locations um, uh, as some kind of secret thing that they do that only few people know about. Uh, and the movie actually takes this turn and gets kind of a serious moment where um, uh, the kind of the the underlying theme of this movie is is that, that – that toys are meant to be shared and experienced, um, not just with father and son, but with, with you know, kind of everyone. They're, you know, they're not just meant to be put on a shelf in a box to be looked at. They're meant to be played with and and to use your imagination, which was such a great, uh, it was a great thing for the movie to do. Obviously, your eight year old kid's not going to get that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that that part was meant for dad in the theater watching this with their kid, and basically it's Will Ferrell <laughs> looking at you, going, "Go home and play Legos with your son." Yes because he wants to play with you. Um, yes, this hit
1: especially close to home. To me especially, as you guys know, I have Lego sets, Lego, ever. <laughs> Lego sets set up in my basement. And I was and am that father that would tell my daughters, no, 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 don't touch, don't touch. Nope, that's not for you to play with, not for you. And it really makes you think about how important that set is versus actually playing with your child and and having them enjoy it like you used to, you know, when, when we were eight and nine years old, we were doing the exact same thing. We were destroying, putting it back together, using our imagination to make these crazy looking spaceships, submarines, whatever spaceships, spaceship. you know, spaceship. spaceship. <laughs> yeah. whatever we wanted to do. We were making spaceships with the spaceship Legos. But um, I, I only use black. It was a. It was sometimes <laughs> dark, sometimes dark
3: gray. Sometimes dark gray.
1: But uh, my God, this movie was amazing in, in terms of just hitting home to 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 my heart. I've been, a, right. you know, you guys know me very well. I'm a Lego lover. I've I've loved Legos. I still get Legos. Still buy Legos. Still still enjoy getting Legos at Christmas from my family members. So this was um, the,
3: this was the movie you needed, Sam.
1: This was the movie I needed. <laughs>
0: And thank you for referencing the joke of the movie that no one else in the theater laughed. If if you've seen The Dark Knight, in The Dark Knight, at the end of the movie, he says, "Gotham needs—I'm not the hero Gotham needs right now." Um, They actually—he literally says that in the movie. And the four of us nerds laughed, and no one, nobody else else did in the entire
1: 500 seat theater. Um, It was cricket quiet, except for the guy behind Chad saying, "Really." Really? Yeah. Uh, Okay.
0: So, uh, and so in short, you know, we, we genuinely love this movie. At least I know I did. I'm pretty sure that the guys did. Obviously Sam did. Um, And it it had so many cool, uh, and not just the fact that it was funny and it had some cool moments, but again, it was those, those genuine moments of, because the movie, the movie, the the plot itself is about this, this character, uh, Emmett, who is as ordinary as it gets. And he has to use the instructions in order to build stuff because we all get the Lego set and all comes with the instructions and nine times out of 10, you get the set you build it with the instructions. Then you take it apart and you build something else that you want to build. Uh, at least that's what I did. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and that was what the movie kind of was. That was the plot was that this, this guy, he can't use his imagination because he doesn't have one. And then over time he's able to use his imagination to use the rules as, in his own way. And then eventually, at the end of the movie, he kind of goes Super Saiyan and is able to do whatever the hell he wants, and builds the giant robot from Pacific Rim to to fight the bad guy. Yes,
1: I want that so bad. Um, it's kind of yeah.
3: a Matrix type uh, moment, I thought. Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the Matrix. He can is,
0: see the Matrix. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, I mean, instead of diving into Agent Smith, he just builds a giant robot and beats the hell out of Agent Smith. Um, uh, well, sort of. Um, so the, the movie was fun. It was silly. It was hilarious. It had a callback to all those those characters that we all liked when we were growing up. You know, the Ninja oh. Turtles, the 80s space guy with the broken helmet piece. and
2: um, <laughs> the. Uh, oh, it's, it's, sorry, uh hate to jump in, but speaking of broken helmet piece. So I was telling my boss about uh, the fact that you know uh, I and three other large grown men went and saw this movie. <laughs> And um, we were talking about, you know, Legos, and well, I didn't really play a lot with Legos. I mentioned the space suit guy, the, the space, or the space guy with the broken helmet, and he immediately was like, oh, my God, I remember that. So, yes, that, that, that was a great moment right. um, for them to use in the movie. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm very, sorry, go ahead, go ahead.
0: <laughs> no, that's fine, no. Um, no. I, I went, uh, I was at work yesterday. And I, I work with a bunch of uh, college students, and they all we all do the same pleasantries on Mondays. Hey, how was your weekend? It was good. How was yours? Mine was freaking awesome because I saw <laughs> the Lego movie. And they look at me like I'm a, I'm a nerd, and I don't care. Yeah. And they say, they, 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 really, you saw the Lego nope. movie? And I said, yeah, it was hilarious and fun and genuine. And um, I, I can't talk enough about this movie. I wish my wife would go see it with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, she just didn't play with Legos, you know, and that's fine. Uh, so she wouldn't get 80% of the humor. Uh, a lot of the, the jokes in the movie are referenced to direct to the guys who made this movie were, were kids like us who played with Legos. In fact, they're yeah. probably our age because that's just the way things are nowadays. But um, and of course, there's obviously there's humor there for eight year olds too. you know, Batman says, I'm here to see your butt. And then that's funny to an eight-year-old because he says "but" or you know yeah. the bit where they're stranded in the ocean. He says it's not like there's a ship going to come by, and then a pirate ship shows up and rescues him because <laughs> that's funny. And then he says, "Well, we need a spaceship. Not like a spaceship's going to show up." Then the Millennium Falcon shows up, and that's funny. Um, And so, uh, again, I, I really want to go see this movie again. It was literally like watching. um, someone play with Lego. So yeah. I, I, I wanted to do that. We, we might not, we probably won't do this very often where we kind of, we do a two part, um, uh, podcast for, for two different movies, but it was a, it was a, it was a movie we all four of us saw. And I really want to talk about. So, um, but we'd already talked about doing Untouchables. So I wanted to do that too. Uh, maybe in the future we'll do a, a dedicated podcast to a movie we go see in the theater. Um, though it's kind of hard to take notes when you can't use your phone or anything <laughs> like that, but, uh, anyway, so I, that, that's kind of it um, if we're Go gonna, see if, it Go see this de- movie de- Definitely go it's, see the movie It's so it's fun It's amazing If you have small children you know, eight, you know, anywhere from like 5 to 10 Take them it, it, They'll have a good time um, If we're going to do the, the same rating system uh, I'll, I'll ask you guys I'll give you the same rating system uh, Chad, how many um, square block, four piece elbow sets you know, would you give this?
3: I'm going to have to give it a solid 8 uh, All built in a nice, you know, rectangular, <laughs> uh, you know, very symmetrical pattern. Uh,
0: um, uh, corny, how many? Uh, 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 what was it, Krakens? Would you give this? What was, it, what was the word? it? Craggles. Craggles. How many craggles I, I give would you? It, give? I, I'll give it a
2: a solid nine craggles. Right. Uh, and I will re- then release them. <laughs> <laughs> release the crackle. Release the crackle.
0: Um, and, and Sam, how many uh, exact zero?
1: Uh, Would you give
3: <laughs> exact zero sword?
1: Yeah. Uh, I you know w- we talked about it walking out of the movie how you know how you can't really rate a movie right after watching it you know you got to give it a few days but dog got it if this movie still doesn't make me smile nine and a half exact yeah. zeros out of ten for me it's uh, definitely made its way up to my top twenty and could possibly in my top ten if uh, if I see it again and it holds up. Uh, in my mind yeah so.
0: yeah top 10 is is tough to do now because yeah. we're still so new in it um i might i might venture to say maybe top 10 animated film ever yeah um, yeah you know to put it in that subcategory. uh it, but if i was going to do something i would say at least at least an eight and a half to nine interchangeable hair pieces out of <laughs> ten uh this, this movie would I, actually that's not the joke i was going to use i was going to actually say hyperdrive but whatever um, <laughs> spaceship, um, spaceship. You mean I can actually build a spaceship? Spaceship. Um, so yeah, that, it was just great. So go watch it, um, and there you go. Uh, so there's, so there's that. Uh, so so yeah, so that's gonna. I think that's gonna do it for us. Um, uh, at this point of the podcast, I would read an email. Unfortunately, we still don't have any emails. Um, so again, please send your emails to cheapseatreviews at gmail.com uh, We'd love to hear from you. We know somebody's downloading this thing, and and hopefully at least listening to
1: it. Yeah. Sorry, yes. Send us some uh, some me. suggestions. You know what what movies do you think uh, we should see? You know what uh, what trips your fancy? Right. Nice yeah. Year. We
0: we we have a list, but you know it's 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 digital. Things can be deleted and edited. So um, feel free to send in your request, even if it's not on Netflix. If it's maybe something we can get on Redbox or or something like that. You know, shoot us an email. We'd love to read it, hear from you. We want your feedback. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we'd love to do hear hear you from there. You can check us out on Stitcher also, um, and I, I think that's pretty much the two places that we're yeah. on. Um,
1: <laughs> uh,
0: or now, what what, uh, what are we watching? What are, what do are you guys have been watching recently?
1: Uh, uh, Olympics here.
3: Yeah, mainly Olympic stuff. That's that's what's uh, that's the. The, the soup de jour in the Evans household,
1: anyway. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. When we, as we record this episode, we are day f- what five into the Olympics now.
1: Yeah, and I think we're still on day two DVR. So. Yeah. Um, yep. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, we can't spoil anything with the Olympics because hopefully by the time you listen to it, the stuff will <laughs> come out. But, uh, um, the, the Olympics have been. I will say this: that poor technical director for the opening night ceremony who didn't get that last star to open,
3: um, found dead the next morning.
0: Yeah, that was a a, a (laughs) fake story that I
2: accidentally uh, continued. Way
0: to go! I got it from Corny's wife for the for the for you know
2: by the way. So by the way, don't don't ever. uh... Yeah, I I know. She's quick to uh, she's she's quick to post and second to check. so, uh... So
3: anyway, you know what else you got from Corny's wife? Cookies. (laughs) Cookies.
0: <laughs> that was gonna be really awkward. Thank you, Chad. Um hey, that's
3: what I'm good for. I guess.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, we've been watching the Olympics.
2: My, too. my wife's cookies. I tell you what, they. Uh, mm, damn. Mm, chocolate chip.
1: What? <laughs> oh, <dear.
3: laughs> hey, tell her I said hello, won't you? Uh, oh, hey. you some bitch.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm sorry for this road that we've gone down. Um, if you're still listening, uh, Corny, what are we doing? What are we doing
2: next week? You know, I... I uh, uh, stall, please. Uh, uh, isn't,
0: it, isn't it rubber? Aren't we doing rubber next week?
2: Yeah, I think I'm, it's rubber. Oh, we're, Lord. We're doing... i oh, sorry.
0: Give me I just a you quick second. I, I think <laughs> for you, obviously, people at home can't possibly know this, but uh, Corny is in charge of the list of, of movies. And uh, I stumbled upon said list uh, today. Uh, and we joke in the, in the episode where someone comes up with the worst pun, I usually grant them winner of the episode. Uh, Corny has actually written down who won the episode. <laughs> um, who won the episode? Who won this episode? Well, Who, who, um, it, it wasn't,
2: it wasn't Sam. No, no, no. I, I actually, I, I actually, I'm going to grant you uh winner of this episode.
0: You're going to grant me winner. I didn't say any bad puns. I because of your
2: winter. love of, of the baseball bat. It's, it's just <laughs> creepy and weird and unlike you. So uh, you win the episode.
0: That, that part just cracked me up. I mean, I literally laughed out loud when that guy got right in the back of the head. I mean, I don't know why. And again, it, it was not supposed to be funny. I mean, there's so many moments in that movie that weren't supposed to be funny that I laughed out loud at. So good job you, there.
3: I guess um, you could say he got whacked. <laughs> See that uh, right there.
0: Actually, no, yeah. I I don't know. I think Chad actually won cuz he didn't he do the the knock it out of the park gag or whatever. He, he did. He did,
2: but uh yeah, yeah. well whatever. <laughs> it has yeah. been it has been posted Sean is the winner. Sean's <laughs> fine. Okay, That's... I'm the winner. Yep, so, you're so the winner.
0: I think everyone's won one except Sam. So
2: Oh, There's... Sam will never win one. I will uh, No. <laughs> no. Yeah.
3: I've already conceived. Sam won uh Sam won the uh uh Ghost in the Darkness which will never
1: which will, air. Never, which air. will never air. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad about that. Again, yeah. <laughs> there's a reason why it will never air. Yeah, there you
0: go. So for those of you wondering what we're talking about, we, we were supposed to episode four was supposed to have been the ghost in the darkness and we recorded it, but uh like the technical director at Sochi, we had some technical issues. So we're gonna wait again a few months and then we'll we'll re record it uh or do it again and that way it'll be less fresh in our minds and uh the jokes will be hopefully funny again. I don't know. They weren't they usually aren't funny in the first place, but <laughs> 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 um, uh, so we're doing. So we're doing. Jeez,
1: oh, and I believe wasn't rubber a uh, suggestion from rubber? a uh,
0: email? No, it wasn't from an email. It was actually from one of my uh, employees. They said, "Quote: I will listen to your podcast if you do rubber." So, oh, okay. uh, so the the rubber is yeah, rubber is our
2: next uh, next uh, <laughs> movie. Yeah,
0: so um, so you know who you are. Um, uh, this is this is rubber. This is, next is, one's for you. His next one is for you. Um, there you go. Uh, t- uh, special thanks goes out to. Anything else we need to talk about? <laughs> is that it? We're doing. No good. Okay. Special thanks goes out to uh, Sight and Sound AV at N C dot com. They provide uh, most of the gear that least that I use. Uh, thank you for Steve Everett for our intro music. You can check him out at steveeverett.net dot net or he's on Facebook at uh, I think Steve Everett, or you can search for him for Steve Everett. He's got he's got a new CD out. It's an, an LP or EP. An LP is a record. He has an EP out, uh, the the Norman uh, EP, um, with a really cute picture of him as a child on the cover. Um, uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, like I said, leave us a review on iTunes and uh, check us out on like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/cheapseatreviews, and follow us on Twitter at cheapseatcast. And that's gonna do it. So, on behalf of uh, of Chad and Sam and Corny, uh, this is Sean saying good night and thanks for listening.
2: Here is a lesson. Spaceship, spaceship, spaceship.